Hey, baby. <laughs> You've been watching the Super Bowl, haven't you? I have. I can tell. It is Super Bowl 50. I feel more American when I watch the Super Bowl. You cried when they sang the national anthem. It's absolutely true. I <laughs> cried when they sang the national anthem. I love you. You're adorable. And I cried at the Coldplay halfway through. You did? Yeah, just when it ends. And I, I thought it was excellent. I loved it. It was very good. I uh, It's still going right now while we record this podcast. Currently, Denver is at 16 and the Panthers are at 10. And what do you need to win it? Uh, well, I don't know. Do you need to get to like the 21 or 50 or something? No, I think you just have to be ahead of the other guys by a certain amount of points. I don't know. I I text Brett and Shaylee all those questions. They're on standby for all of my texts. Yeah, we have a friend, Brett Ralliff, who was an NFL quarterback. And he is very patient with us. (laughs) Ignorant lumps. I'm like, what is taking a knee? What is HGH? What is, I'm like texting them all these questions and they just sweetly answer everything. But I'm pretty sure they're laughing. I wanted to know how you got a Super Bowl ring because a friend of ours has a Super Bowl ring. And it turns out you actually have to win to get the ring. Not just play, but win. And does he have one or two? I don't know. I, I thought you would at least get something for showing up, maybe like some... Some cufflinks. Super Bowl cufflinks? Yeah, or a tie pin. <laughs> yeah, because you want to wear that proudly. <laughs> I hope there aren't Super Bowl related questions in our citizenship exam. I know, because we will be toast. I was speaking to our friend Bill the other day, and he was saying that he used to coach, uh, what's the other sport that Americans love? Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> I thought, what if MJ shows an interest in any sports? I mean, I'm doing my best to steer him away from that, but what if he does show some interest? I'm going to have to be pulling out a lot of favors from friends who are athletic in nature. But we have tons of athletic friends, so we should be able to do this. We should this. be totally fine. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. This week was, <laughs> it's ended brilliantly and was thoroughly enjoyable the whole week. It was. You taught in Romans. I did verse by verse through Romans for the first eight chapters. How'd that go? Any any standout points that you want to comment on? Uh, I'd probably have to think about that, but uh, it was good. It was very good. I mean, it's it's amazing how. Wait, were you saying you were very good? I no, love your confidence. I just, mean, I just mean looking at it together with the class. Like it's amazing how something that was written two thousand years ago is still applicable. You know. Um. Anyway, I. I think there's so much goodness in those first eight chapters that we all left very full. And I was just teasing. I know you were good. All the students said you were good. Oh, good. I, I was just teasing you and poking fun at your great self-confidence. Oh, well, thank you. Um, while you were teaching on Romans, I was teaching on practical life skills, like how to organize your calendar and budget money and be brilliant. Right. I think I might have overwhelmed some of the students when talking about the lengths I've gone to to automate our life. Like how everything is controlled from your phone in our house. Yeah, and, and on a schedule. So, Except for that stinking vacuum cleaner that just randomly comes on every once it's, in a while. It, well, it doesn't randomly come on. It's programmed to come on, and I need to program it to not come on. So you programmed it to come on at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday? I accidentally touched a button that did, yes, program oh. it. So I need to unprogram it. Yeah, you do. do did you know that, that we have a Roomba, like a, a robotic vacuum cleaner? Yeah. I did know that. No, no, no. I know you knew that. I was telling the listeners. <laughs> okay. But did you, AJ Jones, know that it came with a remote control? No. So you can sit on the sofa and it has a little joypad and you can control where it goes. You're kidding. No, we could chase the you kids. Know, you know, <laughs> it 
TJ is already terrified of that thing. <laughs> but if we had a cat, that would be awesome. Or it was on yeah, Parks gonna, and Rec. I'm going to need some better reasons to have a cat. Yeah, D- DJ Roomba. <laughs> you just Oh, there's so many options. You know, you could put a bowl of guacamole on it and at parties just pa- pass it around to people. Yes, now you're thinking. All at right. least then it would be useful. Hey, hey, it's very useful. It's useful, I suppose. It's random. It's it's If you need to have your room cleaned in a short period of time, do it yourself because it may never get to the areas that you want to do. Hey, you take that back. No. (laughs) Yesterday, let's just say that vacuum cleaner does more vacuuming than you do. (laughs) It does not. (laughs) It so does. It so doesn't. When was the last time you vacuumed our bedroom? Our bedroom? Yeah. Well, a couple weeks ago. Okay. When was the last time it vacuumed our bedroom? Well, yesterday, but it hadn't vacuumed (laughs) anything successfully in weeks before that. That's because we hadn't turned it on. That's because it's random. It it is random in its nature. Yes, but the reason no, you can just stop there. Just you've agreed with me. You Move know on. It was a great week, and you still, you taught up practical life skills. All right, I love you, and you're very cute. Thanks. Should we talk to the people about our argument first thing this morning? Uh, sure. I loved sure. it. I so, didn't. <laughs> we were so petty this morning. Me somewhat more petty than you? Yes. <laughs> so every Sunday morning we get up at six. Yes. And nobody... But we don't. We don't wake... We don't, we don't get up at six. No, we're supposed to get up at six. Yes. You make the lights come on at six, but you still snore right through that, but it wakes me up. <laughs> nobody enjoys getting up at 6 a.m. No. You have it in your head that every Sunday morning... You're the first person to get out of bed. And I am always the first person to get out of bed, <laughs> Sunday morning or any other morning. And that may be true, but why is that it a bad thing? It is true. It's a bad thing. <laughs> I remember telling you like two years ago on our anniversary, you're like, babe, I love being married to you. Is there anything I could do to change? And I was like, yes. Could you get up in the morning? Okay. Could you be the first one up or could you at least get up when I get up? Can you explain to me why that's important? It's just important. I'm not in this by myself (laughs) and I don't always want to be the first person out of bed in the morning. So what happened this morning? Well, I ended up getting out of bed. No, 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 no. You've jumped to the end of the story. (laughs) What happened this morning? I refused to get out of bed first. (laughs) Like grown adults. (laughs) And you refused to get out of bed. Like grown adults who are about to go worship the Lord. (laughs) We literally turned our backs on each other and refused to get out of bed. But then eventually I had to go to the bathroom. No, 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 no. How did it happen? Because it was a brilliant piece of maneuvering on my part. How do you figure? Brilliant, but highly frustrating. I had to go to the bathroom. No, you handed me your phone. And what did I do with your phone? I only handed you my phone because I already had to go to the bathroom. But I handed you, I showed you my phone, a picture on my phone. Uh Uh-huh. And you snatched it out of my hand and threw it on the floor (laughs) so that I couldn't look at my phone anymore. And then what did you do? I stripped all the covers off the bed and left you naked. (laughs) Oh, we're spiritual giants. And then as I'm going to the bathroom, you're like, can you turn on the hot water for me? And I was like, no. (laughs) So you had to get out of bed, which Uh, you're no longer warm and snuggly in and wait for the water. Oh my gosh. I I love you even in those early mornings when we're both being as petty as each other. Well, what you don't know is when you went into the toilet, I was just about to open the shower and turn it to freezing cold because I thought you probably wouldn't check. <laughs> but, but you opened the door. See, folks, these are the things that a solid marriage <laughs> is made of. It was oh. just a little piece of revenge for the 
bone throwing. Hey, how are you enjoying my new beard? My mother said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Okay, so what is it about the beard you don't like? It spikes me in the face every time you kiss me. Okay, but th- this is just the growing pains. My beard is no, in puberty right now. No, darling, Once it goes into full you've grown. You've done this before. <laughs> it never gets to the point where it's nice. I'm, fe- <laughs> I'm feeling defeated. No, I'm I- sorry. I need some support. I just want to be honest. <laughs> So I like the and way then you're trying to convince the kids that they like it and they're like, no. And you're like, yes, you do. No, no they do spiky. like it. No, they don't. If like I give it. them Tic Tacs, they love my beard. Right. Okay. You're bribing the children to like your beard. <laughs> I like the way I say that I'm growing a beard because it sounds like I'm achieving things. When in reality, I've actually just given up shaving. Right. <laughs> but I, I quite like it. I'm growing under here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, Okay, I just throw up a little. <laughs> I'm not really, but I mean, it illustrates the point. <laughs> it's not. Can we move on? Suddenly, I've lost the interest of podcast. I'll tell you another highlight this week. Uh-huh. We had our friends Tink and Sam here from Australia. We do. If you guys have not met Tink and Sam, you can hear their story. Go to alanandaj.com slash 58. They are currently in Australia. Well, currently they're in Nashville, but normally they're in Australia with our friends Gary and Sarah Morgan. Uh, And they are doing a phenomenal job. They're here for a couple of weeks while they sort out some visa and immigration stuff. So we got to catch up with them. They're they're doing so well, aren't they? They're doing awesome. And they pulled off the most awesome surprises. So we kept watching their Instagram feed for all the people that they shocked who had no idea that they were here. So it was very sweet. On the topic of not getting out of bed this morning, we missed a glorious opportunity to tell a testimony of God's goodness. Do you want to talk about the mattress? Yes. Well, so we've needed a new mattress for a long time, a couple of years. Why is that? Um, well, we bought a good mattress when we moved here. Yep. Um, but it just didn't hold together very well, no, even it, though it was an expensive one. It looked like it was the floor of an abattoir. What's an abattoir? <laughs> A place where you slaughter cows. Oh, dear God. Okay. Um, we So we got the mattress, but couldn't afford a mattress cover. That's right. Because <laughs> we didn't pay for the mattress. It was good. There was a great life lesson right there. Yeah. All was buy mattress cover. Because yes. especially when you have kids. Yes. And you didn't quite give birth to the baby in the bed. But, no, I didn't. But, but there's lots of like leaky diapers and uh, all kinds of. And, well, breast milk stains a mattress like you wouldn't believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. It it was uh, splotched in yellow stains from top to bottom. This is going to be the grossest podcast <laughs> we've ever recorded. And then there was also two divots where it looked like two horses would sleep each night. Well. <laughs> this is the ditch that would not. So that's why we needed a new mattress. Yeah. Anyway, so we needed anyway, a new mattress. It was not, was not supportive and we were in pain a lot. So, yes. So, uh, needed a new mattress. About... Well, I think it was in the summer, I saw this thing on Instagram. So apparently those little advertisements work on for Tuft and Needle. And so I followed that and I watched this whole video on these Tuft and Needle mattresses and how they get, you know, mailed to you. And, you know, they expand once you open the bag and, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. And they're much less expensive than... Made in America. Yes. Great uh, reviews. Apparently it's the highest rated product on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, they have amazing reviews. And I just like their website too. It's really clean and like all the visuals of it. It's it it appealed to me. So I was like You're a sucker for good marketing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
And so uh, anyway, I'd seen them in the summer and I was like, oh, I'd love to get one, but it's still like $800. So it was like, forget it, pass. Right. Then on the weekend, I had seen a picture of them again. I don't know where I saw it. And I was like, Lord, I'd really love one of those. Like I'd really love to replace this mattress, to not be in pain at night and to have a tuft and needle specifically because I just, I liked their website. Right. Um, and then on Wednesday, we're in the factory for our regular meetings. And one of the guys from Lonely Planet came up and talked to me. And we'd, we'd met, the you know, this group of guys that all work for Lonely Planet, um, I think in December, early December. Yeah, our friend Michaela from Norway. Yeah. Not actually from Norway. American, but lives in Norway. Yes. Is a mutual friend of lots of our friends. And, and her brother works there. And her brother works for Lonely Planet. So, so we met... We were having coffee with Michaela. Mm -hmm. Michaela's brother walks past and some of his colleagues walk past and we get introduced to them. Right. So one of his colleagues uh, says to me, hey, uh, I just thought of you the other day. And uh, he said, I have this mattress and I was just wondering if you guys would know anybody that needs it. It's a king size uh, tuft and needle. And I was like, I, I think I think I was in so much shock that I didn't really respond that well. I was like, oh. Okay, uh, give me your number and I'll call you. Uh, you know, so he, uh, I gave him my phone. He put his number in and everything, and I shot him a text. And so basically, the story goes that he and his wife had ordered a mattress, and two of them arrived at their house. And when they called the company, and said, "Hey, we've got two. How do we send this one back to you?" They just said, "Oh, give it to somebody." And he thought of you. Yeah. Which is somewhat random. And that's what I said. Like when we were telling him the story, I was like, it's so weird that you thought of me. I've met you once. And it was like, you know, six or eight weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, but you're who came to mind. So I was like, Jesus, you're so good. So yesterday we borrowed Bill's truck. Yeah. And with the help of some friends managed to move it. And we now have a brand new mattress. We do. How excited are you? I am super stoked. We slept on it last night. And it's definitely much firmer it's like, than our previous mattress. Yeah, it's like sleeping on a giant block of cheddar cheese. In that it has... The, I don't understand. Right. <laughs> kind if, of sweaty, kind of... <laughs> what do you mean cheddar I mean, cheese? If you get a giant block of orange cheddar cheese, mm. if you push mm. your thumb in that, it will give, but not really. That's how firm that bed is. It's very firm. But apparently, you know, it takes a couple of days to break in. Well, I think you're breaking yourself in. And we've had such a previously soft, unsupported mattress that I think it's going to take us a couple of days to get used to it. Right. Yeah. I'm so excited. You are very excited about it. Yes. I feel seen by the Lord. So there was our week. Great week. Great week. Really glad to have lived it. Our main topic for this week. Yes. Is a topic that's so important that nobody really talks about. Okay. Or I realize people talk about it on the other side of it. People talk about it from a victory place rather than a hardship place. Right. I'm going through it and this is what it feels like. Right. Our topic this week is all about persevering. Yeah. You know, when we start talking about perseverance, it's important to know there are Christians facing genuine threats for their lives and, and horrible persecution for their faith. And it seems a little trite for us to be talking about the things that we're persevering in Yet, nevertheless, there are things that you and I and our listeners face every single day right. that we want to quit on. And quitting is actually the opposite of perseverance. Yeah. So, perseverance is essentially just not giving up. Right. 
And if you read through scripture, God places a really high value on people who persevere. Mm -hmm. The good thing is it doesn't always say what you have to persevere in. (laughs) No, there's no heads up on that. Yeah. Our friend David Campbell said to us when we were pregnant with our first child, he said, I'm sure everybody's giving you advice, but if I could just give you two pieces of advice, he said, you know, when they're new, you'll be like, oh, they're so cute. I could just eat them up. And when they're teenagers, you will have wished you had. (laughs) He said, when they get older, just remember one thing. The Bible says thou shall not kill. And so there are different things that we're all persevering on. But basically perseverance is simply not giving up. Yeah, It's the relentless attitude of showing up every day. And it's an absolutely essential life skill. Yes. Do you have any stories of times you had to persevere? Plenty, I think. I mean, I had to persevere through lots of sorrow in dis- different seasons of my life and still in the midst of mourning, uh, believe that God is still good, that there's a light at the end of the rainbow, all that kind of stuff, you know, where it feels like, really, I feel like I'm in a dark tunnel. Isn't it light at the end of a tunnel oh. and a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow? I just don't want you to mix your metaphors. Well, they understand. Okay. Uh, all those things. I could neither see pot nor rainbow. <laughs> These were your drug days? or In fact, I remember Isabel Alam giving me a prophetic word about, I'm about to be able to see the light at the end of a tunnel. And the reason that was significant was the Lord had, I was talking to the Lord about how I felt and I had a picture of me in a tunnel and I couldn't see anything. So it was really cool that she gave me that word. But um yeah, I mean, and then also just working in different jobs where you know you're not in the job that you're called to or where you're going to end up, but it's where you are now. And right. there's there's levels of uncomfortableness and persecution. I mean, I served tables for 14 years. So, I mean, I I loved it on some levels, but you are in an environment where it's uh, pretty fierce, you know, people people yell at each other no problem they're swearing there's all kinds of stuff going on and um weren't you sexually abused at work one day yes remember the guy grabbed your butt no he grabbed my front and what did you do i punched him in the face (laughs) (laughs) i I love that story yeah but he went to punch me back and he was way bigger (laughs) um yeah so i mean i had I had all kinds of stuff like that where you're like, okay, Lord, I know I'm called, but when am I going to see that happen? Can you finish the guy that grabbed you and you punched him in the face story? Because people will probably be left wondering what happened. (laughs) I think we've told that story before. Not on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Um, Well, uh, the, the background is he had grabbed several of the women at work before and kind of felt like he was allowed to do whatever he wanted because he was six foot four and real stand up guy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I told him if he ever touched me again, I was going to charge him. And my, uh, I, I had a letter like from a lawyer saying, you know, if you charge, if you touch her again, we're going to charge you and you know, whatever. And I'd given him that letter at the beginning of the shift. And so he came out to the front. I was hostessing at this point and, uh, he grabbed my chest. <laughs> so I put both my hands together and just swung up as hard as I could and knocked him in the face. And then, he went to punch me back, but a manager came around, had seen me punch him, had seen like the whole thing, him grab me, me punch him. 
And so he started running towards the front and he grabbed him and took him in the back and then he fired him. But he waited by my car for three weeks. So every shift I had to have at least two guys walk me out to my car because he waited by my car for three weeks. Oh. Yeah. He was a real stand-up kind of guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so smart to punch him. Not so much. <laughs> he eventually gave up though. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I remember starting my postgraduate in teaching and I really didn't want to be a teacher. I, I felt like the Lord said, go back to school and be a teacher. And I was not thrilled with that premise. And so I, I obeyed the Lord and went there. But I remember within the first couple of weeks, I was just like, what am I doing? Like I'm facing a year of an uphill struggle of doing something I'm not interested in. I'm not even sure I can do. I have no energy for, no passion for. And I remember I actually got quite sick and I was probably sick because of anxiety. And I remember I drove up to my parents' house and one Sunday morning I got up very, very early and I drove up to, my parents live on a hill and there's a beautiful graveyard. Uh, it's, uh, it's a park. <laughs> there's that's, there's that's some words you don't usually knit together. No, it's beautiful a beautiful graveyard. It's an enormous park built on a hill. It's not quite a mountain, but it's larger than what you would imagine a hill. Right. One side is parkland, the other side is a graveyard. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's obviously very peaceful, but it's, it also faces the river where... Uh, the sun was coming up. And so very early in the morning, I went up and just sat amongst the tombstones with my Bible and just said, Lord, I need some encouragement. I don't know if I can do this. And I ended up reading through Revelation, you know, in a graveyard, Cheery. reading Revelation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Summed up my life at the time. <laughs> but I remember all these things, seven times it mentioned to him who overcomes, Jesus said he would give you a bunch of things if you'd overcome. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, I get to eat from the tree of life, uh, not being hurt by the second death. Wait, what now? I get hidden manna. I get a white stone with a new name, authority over. I was like, this is amazing. Right. And I just said, you know, Lord, I feel like you called me to do this. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to need you to give me the strength to do it. You know, that. In, in hindsight, wasn't a huge thing, but it really was. And I'm fairly confident I wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today had I quit or dropped out. And just that encouragement from the Lord to keep going was huge. Right. And that, I mean, that's a really great example of, of pushing into Scripture and letting the Lord give you uh, encouragement and an answer to help you keep going, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, for anybody who's in a situation where you want to quit... And we've all been in situations where we're just like, I am done. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything from a workplace. It could be even your marriage where you're just like, man, I am done being married. I really hope it's not. But, uh, you know, we've walked through people and, and in our own lives, we've all faced situations where we're like, Lord, I'm finding it difficult to endure X. We want to leave you with a couple of things of how to bolster yourself with power from God to endure whatever it is you're going through. Mm-hmm. Number one, AJ Jones. Find a different reason for showing up. Um, If you're just showing up for promotion or out of duty or obligation or whatever, that's all going to wear you out thin. If you're showing up for the Lord, um, that's actually an incredible source of endurance for you. Like if you're like, okay, God has me here right at this very moment and I'm going to be in the game as it were and uh, be present for the people that are here that's actually a great uh, sort of bolster for being where you are. And I would say that would be the thing that I did the most in all those different environments is like, okay, Lord, this is where you have me. What are we doing today? 
because otherwise you start to look at the details around you and, and you realize, gosh, this isn't the dream. Right. You know, well, it may not be the dream, but it's, you might affect somebody else while you're there if you just would be in the game. It's back to the whole thing. You've got to look past the immediate to see the important. Yeah. Like what is God doing in the situation? Hebrews 12 verse seven says this, endure hardship as discipline. What's interesting is hardship, that translation there, hardship isn't in the Greek. Hupomino is the word and it simply means to persevere. So it's saying treat endurance as discipline. Basically God is treating you as his child and it goes on to say, for what children are not disciplined by the Father? So the great thing is, whenever you're having to endure something, God is in the midst of it with you. As right. a father, he's watching you as a child face uh, endurance. Hebrews 10 verse 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Yeah. I think we all love to receive what God's promised. Some of us don't like to endure it long enough to get it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you have to think... Endurance always produces fruit. Right. So pressing into God and enduring anything is always going to produce fruit in your life. And again, if you're if you're in the game and you're saying, Lord, while I'm here, what do you have for me to do? You're also going to have the fruit of other people's lives changed. Right. Second thing, if you are needing a, a bolst of encouragement to endure is find a tribe to encourage you. Yeah. I, you know, we were laughing with Pastor Jeff the other day about some of the stuff that we've just faced as a staff in the last couple of years. The, you know, pastoral situations or challenges in leadership where you're having to endure things and yet, ironically, at the same time as you're in, enduring really difficult things, there's incredible joy because there's such camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, and our team at Grayson are, are just absolutely incredible. And <laughs> if you can find genuine ways of laughing, yeah. even as bad as situations get, joy is great fuel for endurance. Yeah, it sure is. Number three, uh, strengthen yourself in the Lord. So that means more like find encouragement from testimonies or from others. There, there aren't any shortcuts for greatness. Greatness you earn. Greatness you push in for. Right. And so recognize that you're in this thing for the long haul and pray and delight yourself in the Lord. Like remind yourself, listen to other people's testimonies, let them encourage you. Listen to your own testimony of times that God has broken through for you and remind yourself, this is the God that you still serve. And he knows where you are and he has GPS on you and you have nothing to worry about. All you have to do is be the best you you can at this very moment. That's brilliant. One of Passage has great sayings is delay is one of God's most effective tools in his toolbox for developing character. Right. God pushing delay on what you want and you persevering. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally true. So number four, this yeah. is the last thing I was thinking about, and it sounds oversimplistic, but simply show up and refuse to quit. Yep. I remember we were going through our RTF week. We'd gone away for a week of intense ministry and I got to about halfway through the week and I just didn't want to cry anymore. I was, I, I, I just didn't want to go into a room and spend another three hours right. crying right. and dealing with all the stuff that, you know, I'd been so successful at pushing down and actually forgetting and not having to deal with. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, Alan, if you will just physically show up, if you will just move your body from the room that you're in to yeah. the room where you need to be, I'll do the rest. Yeah. 
And so I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to shut down. I'm absolutely going to be willing. I will position myself where I need to be. And sometimes physically showing up is one of the greatest keys to persevering. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose when you get there, you can't just sit there like a lump if you're going to work. But right. No, but, <laughs> but I think... But getting there will help you actually get in correct. the Correct. <laughs> I think what happens is we talk ourselves out of things. Yeah. Like we think, I don't have passion for this. So then we begin to question, why don't I have passion for this? You don't have passion for this because life isn't made up of 100% passion. Good heavens, no. I have no passion for cleaning or for changing <laughs> diapers or for... But if I don't do those things, we're going to be in trouble. Right. Right. So stay where you are, keep showing up, keep getting out of bed, yeah. keep persevering. Yeah. You'll see incredible things. Yeah. Do you want a bonus thing? Yeah. I just realized that some prophetic words point to your next place of perseverance. Like we hear a prophetic word about, uh, you know, God's going to promote us. So this is going to coming our way. And we think, da-da. But we actually realize <laughs> he's told us the reward so that we can head towards it and endure what comes. Right. I'm not, I don't have a theology that everything you know, is hard work and you just have to grit your teeth. And, you know, I, 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 that's not what life is about. Life is about walking with a heavenly father who's good and who's kind and who never lets you go. But sometimes the terrain is a little rockier than we'd like. Yeah. And sometimes in life, hard work just is required. That's life. Right. Yeah. First Timothy 4.16 says this, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So my mom used to say, be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little eyes what you see. And so watch your life. Watch what's going into your life. Watch what you're listening to, what you're reading. Watch your doctrine really closely. Persevere in the hard stuff. Don't create new theologies to explain difficult parts of God. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. majestic and big. Yeah. And you're not going to understand everything he does. No, so. Don't minimize him. Yeah. All right. Keep showing up. Perseverance isn't always easy, but its rewards are fantastic. Yeah, they are. You know what I want to do? I want to pray for everybody. Okay. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now, wherever uh, our listeners are today, that you would fill them with your wonderful presence, that you would encourage them that where they are right now is merely a season. It's not the hallmark of the rest of their life. That you would give them perseverance, you'd give them a pioneering and a breakthrough spirit, mm -hmm. and that you would point them to the great reward that lies on the other side of perseverance. Yeah, Father, I also ask that you would just really show them that you know exactly where they are, that you haven't lost sight of them or their circumstances or the challenges that they have, that... Um, you would send uh, little messages and little ways to make sure that they know, hey, I've got this, I know you, and we're going to come out the other side of this together. All right. If you would like show notes for this episode, links to anything we talked about, head over to alanandaj.com slash 89. If you would like to ask us a question that we can answer on air, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review at alanandaj.com slash review be hugely helpful. Lastly, we just want to let you know that the applications have opened now for our School of Supernatural Life at Grace Center. It's the thing that we have the privilege of leading, and we're super stoked about this coming year. If you would like to get information or watch any of the videos about the school, just go to schoolofsupernaturallife.org 
and you can see all the information there and you can also click on there to apply. So both year one and year two are now open for application. All right. We hope you have a glorious week filled with joy and patient endurance. And we will be back here same time, same place next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.